Welcome to the Code Hanger on 2SER 107.3. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and record this show, the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to elders past and present. <laughs> the Code Hanger is a show and podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host, Fiona Lamb, coming to you from Garingai Land, which is close to Gosford, New South Wales, and I am joined by... Lauren Hodson, and uh, this evening I am broadcasting from Mernda, which is uh, in Victoria on Wurundjeri land. Of the Kulin Nation, I do believe. <clears throat> Absolutely. In this our round eight show for AFLW Season 8, we will cover the Swans match, the Giants match, and they were both uh, winners, both successful, which was great to see. Uh, we want to talk about leading goal kickers. There isn't much of a change at the top there. <clears throat> Controversy corner, including some um, injuries, which we're a bit sad about. And rising stars. And also I think we need to revisit the tipping comp And because what everybody wants to know is where is Loz's mum on the ladder? That could be controversy corner. Behind her <laughs> is Loz. <laughs> May have so been discussed let's... in weekends, you know, family banter. <laughs> let's get started with the Swans match. The can Swans... we, can we, oh, Loz, Loz, can yes. we talk stats? Oh, <laughs> if, I, if we have to, I'm a Chloe Malloy. <laughs> She broke a record on the weekend, right? We love records here, particularly when it's a good one. Yeah. Okay, and this is a good one. 17 score involvements. It's the record. The next best prior to her was Brooke Lachlan with 13 five years ago when she was playing for the Doggies. Right. So in their game against the Doggies, Sydney had 26 scoring shots. Malloy was involved in 17 of them. Seven were her own, three goals, four. <laughs> That's to go with, I think she had 28 possessions, 11 marks. I think she had a couple of tackles. Um, I mean, her season's just, it, it, it's flying, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and it's representative of, I guess, how the Swans season are, are going. Um, you know, and so look, she, she didn't, didn't do it on her own, but, uh, She's just she's just on fire, but to tell you what, poor she had more in score involvements than the Bulldogs had scores. Oh, so doggies. you know, what are you going to do? Depending doggies? on how you look at it, good stat for some, not so good for others. Yeah. Um, but the Swans, I mean, yeah. Look, you said they just started so well. Um, they were they were never behind. Um, it's their, you know, it'd be their biggest win. Um. But yeah, it was just that. I mean, they were just so good, weren't they, Fee? Look, they were. And uh, well, what was the final score? For goodness' sake, the, yes, months. I know, right? I've missed the most important they stats. They just so missed the three digits. They did. Just, so only six three thirty nine to mm. fourteen twelve ninety six. So that's the other pleasing thing. Pretty high scoring, and fourteen twelve. We often comment on this show about. Um, you know, inaccurate kicking, yes. but they've kicked more goals and behinds. Yep. Like that, you know, like I, I do really think that's a, a really, um, you know, a really positive thing there. 
And you know, but they, another it's win also on the road. Just, like it's not uh certainly Chloe Malloy kicked the most goals at three, but she's followed closely behind. So she kicked three, four, as you said. Yeah. Followed closely behind by Celia Hamilton. Um sorry, Cynthia Hamilton. That's right. Cynthia Hamilton kicked a couple. Uh, Sophia Hurley. She kicked two. Sophia, she also got yep, one of Sophia the Rising Star too. nominations. Ruby Sergeant Wilson, yep, um, who spent well. some time in Wollongong and Southern Power, she kicked a couple. Um, and you look at disposals. Laura Gardner, again, tops it with 33. And th- they're not junk possessions, you know. Um, she's making use of them. She's got uh, Laura Gardner, 33 disposals, 543 metres gained. Um, now, just back to Chloe Malloy, we're just having a look at hers. With her 28 disposals, she got 636 metres. So when they're getting the ball, the Swans seem to be moving it better. And right. and they definitely did that on, um, I think, on Saturday. But then, you know, you look at the other things. Ellie Blackburn, um, you know, again, no surprises there, but she was one of the better players for the Bulldogs. Well, I really um, feel for Ellie Blackburn. Yeah, she's season. carrying a lot on her shoulders, isn't she? I wonder if we might see her at the Swans next season. Maybe she might be rethinking the <laughs> offer they made at the start of last season. Well, hello. She might be a happier chappy if she'd taken it up anyway. Yeah, I wonder you know, if it's still on the table. Might well, not right. be anymore. But we spoke before the pod about, um, and I know, you know, I've gone on a bit about the Swans, but Brick. Beck Privatelli has had an improved season. Um, yeah. And, you know, they also did this. They The Swans also got this win without um, Ali Morford, you know, yeah. who's out injured for the rest of the season, I think, with oh. a hand injury. You know, and she's yeah. been, you know, almost in, uh, you know, she's been one of the best rucks in the competition this year. Um, not just as a, you know, still eligible for the rising star, but she's been one of the better rucks, you know, hands down. Um you know, so the one without her, and she's been a massive player for the Swans. So I think, um, you know, and a massive win, like, you know, 57 points. And as you said, almost 10-goal win, almost 100 points on the scoreboard. I think this game, and yes, we've got to acknowledge that they're against a Bulldog side that's just having a shocker of a season. But you still got to perform. And, you know, they took the opportunity and, and were just fantastic. Yeah. Oh, hang on a sec. Is that a knock at the door I hear? It is. It's Coach Kiwi. Welcome, Coach Kiwi. Hi. Knock, knock. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're welcome. Missed you guys. Where are you joining us from, Coach Kiwi? I am joining you from Gringai country. I see. I feel like I've been around the world and back again, but I'm back in Gringai country. Yay. Kiwi, What? why have you been travelling so much what's going on and how come you haven't been coming to uh the coat hanger recording what's going on what's happening wow we're shaking up the world the um footy gods have shined their lights down on all the older players in the world especially australia um so i've been um selected as head coach of our australian women's team women's masters team to um, go to Ireland next year and play two test series. So the men have been doing it for a few years now, maybe something like nearly 40 years. And this is the first time we get to take a women's team over and um, we play in Cavan and we play in Galway. And um, there might be people like somebody named Cora Staunton who is over 40 who may now roll out for Ireland. 
Um, so they get some don't, really big try, names. Don't hurt it too much, okay? <laughs> Was, has she got a one leg? That's a little, no, that's not our style. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we've had our Masters Carnival, which is absolutely huge. This year we had 1,600 participants wow. pull on their boots and play footy for a week in Queensland and have a huge party on the Saturday night at, at Aussie World theme park. I didn't even know existed, but it's a very classic place up there. And um, and then so from that, we picked three teams. We picked a men's over 40s, women's, uh, sorry, men's over 50s, and the women's team. So it's taken a while. We had um, nearly, oh, I think nearly 100 women put their hand up teams for selection. And wow. we've had to trim it right down to 22. And um, just by pure chance, we actually have at least one person from every state. That wasn't right. that wasn't the goal. It's just um, how it happens. So um, our NT person is based in um, Alice Springs, and she actually plays for New South Wales at the carnival. Oh, wow. Um, but, yeah, so it's pretty exciting. There's a lot of media going around, and um, the lovely Sue Birdie has thrown in $25,000 to the Masters for the tour. Um, so, so she is amazing, and she obviously loves us old people running around. Um, so it's it's huge. It's been, it's been um, a lot of work has gone in, and, yes, my Monday nights have been talking with people, the selectors and the tour committee, um, as we organise things, so right down to registrations, tours, um, uniforms, motels, accommodation, training plans. Um, Jason Ackermanis is uh, the head coach of the men's, so we've just been working a plan with how we're going to train, similar to like COVID times because um, we've got groups in each state, so we've got yeah. to work a training plan for all of them because uh, oh, well, us coaches. Coach Kiwi, you've already done that. So <laughs> I do. I do. Strava happening and everything. You can teach Acker a thing or two. Well, yes, I'd I'd like to give him some help, and I uh, listened to what he said about his program tonight, and he didn't say too much. But as soon as I said that, the next two months will be around skill acquisition, especially kicking the round ball and dropping a round ball to your foot is a lot different to Sharon and how we got to shape our hips and our foot and all of that. And then he came back in and said, yes, yes, kicking a round ball is a lot different. So we have to adjust that. So, you know, he's got experience in the game. Um, he knows how to play the game without a doubt. And um, and I'm sure he'll prepare the men as well as I'm going to prepare the women and we'll do this together and um, we will make Australia proud. Fantastic. And it's a Kiwi leading the Aussie team is the best thing. No, but ex we excuse always me, still she's also Australian. She also happens to be an Australian citizen now, so there's no backing down from that. No, do I get an Australian passport or keep my New Zealand one? Hmm, we, we always steal things from, you know, New Zealand, Pavlovas, Russell Crowe, now it's Coach Kiwi. You can have Rusty Crowe, but you did steal Crowded House. You take the good yep. things. Yep, absolutely. They lived in Melbourne for long enough, they're ours now. Keith Urban, Keith Urban's another one. Oh, Keith Urban's lived here for most of his life. I don't know what you're talking about. He's Australian. Okay, let's. So we do wish the Australian Masters women all the best. And uh, I mean, they're not touring until March next year, but um, but I know it'll be a great trip. And I wish you all the very best. Let's now move on to the Giants match. Now, look, I have to make a full confession. Uh Please forgive me for the sins I have committed, that sin being that I didn't actually think the Giants had it in them and I tipped Carlton. Mm. 
and I'm actually just annoyed <laughs> that I got it wrong. So Giants uh, won by two points. Is that correct, Loz? Yes, the Giants did win <coughs> by two points. And it was Zali eight, We are not worthy. Fantastic work. Five goals. Pretty impressive. Uh, Particularly now, in a, what, a close game, and um, yeah, you know, well, like as you said, Loz, the 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 lead changed. I think many, it was six or seven times. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but one thing we spoke about beforehand was the Giants. They kicked eight one to the Blues seven five. So Blues had three more scoring shots and ended up losing by two points. So you yeah. know, accurate kicking certainly helped the Giants. Yeah. And there was a bit of wind uh, down at uh, Henson Park too, so maybe the Giants have got some experience with the wind down there. Yeah, I definitely think it helps, maybe. you know, um, having played that ground obviously more it, times than get windy the Blues would have. Yeah, but they're from Icon. <laughs> but, yeah, oh, it's <laughs> – You're right, I beg your pardon. <laughs> oh, controversy um, corner. It does It does get a little getting, windy at Icon, but I think Henson, teams mixed up. <laughs> Henson has a particular wind that really kind of runs from one end to the other. Yeah. Um, it, it's almost like it has a draft at that end of the – where the big gates are, the drafty yeah. end. Um, mm. But, yeah, look, they, they gave it a good crack and they played some really good patches. And I think this is what we've seen of the Giants, right? There's times in the game where they just play some really good, classy football. They get it on the outside. They run. They transition really, really well. And um, then they fall back and then they let their opponent come back at them. And I think at times they could have probably controlled the game a little bit better and they just sort of let Carlton come back in. Um, I think probably Carlton, if, if, if you can't, in a close game like that, if you can't get the one scorer – and tag her or double tag her or something. There's something wrong with your defence as well. You know, Zali was really the main forward. She was really the one who was doing the damage. And um, credit to her, credit to her teammates for, um, I don't know if they're running blocks or running space or just just giving giving her some really good feed of the ball Mm -hmm. um, to allow her to just continue playing. And as you said, Carlton... Even if you know her direct opponent's having a a tough day, as a team, you you got to help your teammates with that. You got to do better team defense. Stop the supply of the ball. You know, shut that down. But um, what was also impressive, the Giants won without Elise Parker. Yeah, that you know, that's huge because like, she is that been is massive so influential since she was drafted. Yep, she's had four. Uh, we're looking at before four Gabrielle Trainer medals. Um, you know, she's she's always in the best players. So I think to win without her, and you mentioned it before, the Giants have obviously not had a great season, but they stayed in the game. It was it was close the whole time, but they never dropped their heads. They kept at it, um, you know, rather than sort of being close and then it falls away in the last quarter or quarter and a half. Yeah. Um, they were they were right in it and they made the most of their opportunities. And um, shout also, out to Leisha Eva got her one thousandth disposal. That one thousandth disposal, and so that's the, the second s- AFLW giant to do that. We're Correct. assuming that it was Elise uh, Elise Parker, uh, but I haven't actually been able to find. Oh, I'm sure it was. Yeah. she's been there that many times. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and and it's I mean it's good to see some of the versatility in their players, you know, who can flick from end to end as well, or play inside outside. Um, you know, I thought Alicia Park, Alicia Eva was very good in the weekend, um, and probably you know maybe maybe she had more room and more time to get the ball because Elise Parker wasn't there. Um, maybe. Nick, maybe. Nick Barr was, I thought she was very handy as well. Um, you know, I think Brody Mowbray, I think is how you pronounce her name. Yep. I think every week it's like she goes up like one more step. Yeah, she's certainly improving. Um, but unfortunately she was charged for a dangerous tackle and the club's accepted a one-match ban. Oh, so, really? Yeah, so. But it looks like I think she may have gone off in the um, – later in the game injured as well. So oh, whether no. she would have been ruled out through injury as well or not. But yeah, she's definitely um improved um improved well, a lot on, this on year. On the same note, Beck Beeson will be back available for selection this week, this coming week, after coming back after a one match suspension. So it's all so she'll be fresh and hungry. Happening. Yeah. And they've got an away game and the swans are at home. Yep. We'll get to that a bit later. How awesome. about leading goal kickers, Loz? Yes. Well, you know, I, I am partial to a stat. Um, <laughs> Eden Zanka. So, you know, for something different, we've got a demon on top of the goal kicking list. So Eden <laughs> Zanka with 18. Eden Zanka on top. That's yeah, that's right. No, Kate Hoare no, on really 17. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we've got Kate Hoare on 17. Uh, and then um, all tied in third place on 14. We've got Caitlin Gould and Danielle Ponta from the Crows, Talia Randall from the uh, Kangaroos, Chloe Shear from the Cats, and Jamie Stanton, also on 14, from the uh, Gold Coast Suns. Can I just go back to what you said at the beginning? Sure. Number one and number two, both from Demons. Absolutely. Well, when they've – obviously, they did have a loss a couple of weeks ago, but – I think it's evident because all of the most of their wins, they've smashed teams, so they are kicking a lot of goals as a team. That's huge. So if they just fed the ball to one rather than the other, yeah, maybe they <laughs> alternate each week. <laughs> um, they're both classy players, both tools, really, and both really good below their knees as well. And and Kate Hall, first year as uh, standalone captain, I believe, is that yes, right? So yes, clearly the extra, you know, responsibility. Uh. It's definitely not detrimental to her game. If anything, it, it seems to be helping it. You know, she's relishing that opportunity. So Impressive. what's happening with our rising stars? Well, rising stars. Uh, I think Ali Morfitt's having the week off. No, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Ali Morfitt, I Hasn't think. Hasn't she won it the... for the year yet? <laughs> well, I think her injury might rule her out for the, the season. But um, Sophia oh. Hurley was one of the uh, rising stars this week. 24 disposals, two goals, eight tackles. And the other was Mia Austin from the Blues with 10 disposals, two tackles and five goals. But, uh, yeah, I reckon, um, look, could Ellie Morfitt be the rising star with just seven rounds? I think so, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I think her dominance in her position is it's surely got to be a big factor in that. She's been so impressive this season. It's It's been a joy to watch her. So I'm very sad that she's out now for the rest of the season. But well, I if she doesn't she win won. it, it'll be a topic for controversy corner. There we go. <laughs> That's right. Put a pin in that. Could even uh, bring the look, soapbox back. Look, uh, Loz, we cannot put this off any longer. We've got to talk about the tipping comp. 
and how poorly you're doing. Let's do it. Can I just say, <laughs> if you take a positive look at things, a different spin, yeah. I'm the most consistent performer. <laughs> and you know cons- what? Consistently bad. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, there was a bit of banter. Um, Susan from Briar Hill, as she's been consistent and is also, uh, she's she's actually not too far off the, the top of the leaderboard, but probably not enough to, to get there in the last two rounds. But, uh, yes, I am... Um, I think I've actually gone further down. I think last time I checked, I was fifth last, uh, and now I'm third last. So <laughs> probably not my favourite segment this week. Can we talk about the top three perhaps? Sure. Sorry, breaking up there. Can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I've been offline a few weeks. I'm just in a little bit of shock here. I had to double check that was me. Well, well, we weren't even sure if it was you. <laughs> it, I mean, and I had a shocker this weekend. I only got five. I'm, 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 I'm really impressed at that. You had a shocker and got five. If I got five, that'd be a bonus. Are you going to tip every game, lots? <laughs> oh, is that <laughs> raises right? your I thought, odds? I thought I just, you know, tipped a couple and hoped for the best. That's that's my problem. I did say a few weeks ago that um, I'm going to do my tips and then just go the complete opposite. Um, I'm going to mention, though, our usual regular top-of-the-ladder kind of sitters, um, MG, who else is one at Nat Morgan? Um, where are they? I'm scrolling well, down look, to while 10, you scroll 11, looking for 12. them, I just want, I want everyone, everyone, all our fans, all you need to know, and you can write in for congratulations. <laughs> Fernie Fern is off the bottom of the ladder now. <laughs> Thanks to our laws. Oh, Tracy Kick is up in fifth place. Well, Tracy said, Kick's up there. Holly Coggle's up there. We had tipping banter at Vic Park on the weekend at, at you know, in between quarters. And, um, yeah, Susan from Briar Hill was very disappointed that she wasn't sitting on many tips. And, um, but, yeah, there's, look, there's no, I'm, I'm not going to catch her at all. So I think I might have to wave the, uh, the the white flag in the Hodson household. Oh, now, where is Susan from Briar Hill? What point, is, what number is she at? Uh, 15. 15. Yeah, 15. Oh, no, 15. 15. So that, that 18th. I'm only 16 oh, behind it. Morgan, pick up your game, love. Okay. Um, Lars, Surely she tipped Collingwood. Surely. Very quickly, you yes. you made it to the Collingwood game this week, didn't you? I did, mm. and, yes, I will be quick because summary is not my strong point. But quick thing, um, as a kid, I went to Vic Park as a two-year-old, right? Um, I was, yeah, spent a lot of time there as a kid um, back when you wouldn't see many girls playing Little League. So, you know, 30 years ago, 35 years ago, girls' footy wasn't on the radar. So mm. after, what are we now, into the eighth season, to finally get to a game at Vic Park where Collingwood have a, whim- a women's team, it was like it was, you know, like it was a pretty special moment because I said as a kid, it wasn't even on the radar. So to see, um, you know, it's probably, I, I don't know what the crowd was, I'd guesstimate about, you know, three, three and a half thousand in terrible weather, um, but just to see them, at playing footy for my club at a place that I spent a lot of my, you know, childhood, um, it was just, yeah, a really, 
special moment. And, and you know, to come away with the win obviously was nice as well. But, yeah, um, yeah just something That's that great. never thought I would have seen. Great stuff. Now, you talked about the um, the crowd size. Coach Kiwi, can you just make a comment about what the AFL has said about uh, yeah, so, so it's been one of the stipulations throughout all season is that if we average 3,500 at the games, then they their intent is to give us a couple more games next year. almost sounds like a threat or a bribe. Uh, but that's... Um, sounds like an empty promise to me. <laughs> that's the oh. word that's come through. And I think it was either Nick Livingston announced this early in this season or maybe it was Sam Lane did it on her show. But... Um, but what I've noticed is the Swans in the last couple of games at Henson, they've had more than 4,000. So, and I know at North Sydney Oval, they had um, more than that. So they're obviously lifting, uh, what's that saying? Their numbers. Yeah. They're, they're uh, punching above their weight. Doing yeah, the heavy lifting. Doing the heavy lifting. That's it. I had the word around the wrong way. Yes. Thank you. They're doing the heavy lifting. Um and we know that the the crowd numbers at Henson Park is always eight thousand five hundred and ninety two, I think it is, or something. Yes, yeah, so interesting. <laughs> it might have dropped since the three and a half thousand <laughs> target came in. Yeah, we just make the AFL feel a little better. Um, I I'm not sure what the Giants had in the weekend. It did look just having a half of that. A look now, yeah. It um, official crowd was just under sixteen hundred at Henson on the weekend, mm. and um. I mentioned the big park crowd. That was actually just over two and a half. I and, mean, that, uh, and that big park crowd, that was some crappy weather. Oh, like I said, it was, thank God we were under covers. But, yeah, it was windy, rain. Um, yeah, it was It was not, not cold, great for footy, but people still braved it. Yeah. Mm. Um, Wet and Oval look, looks like um, I haven't been there with the new <laughs> – after the redevelopment of the grandstand and everything, but it looks like they've taken out one of the hills and um, on the side of the field, you could sit on a hill to watch the game. It doesn't look like that's here anymore, but so it looks like there's less shelter there as well. I don't think it rained during their game, but it just, this is what you got to worry now is that they're demanding the fans turn up to the games, but then we're playing games that feels like, especially Arden Street Oval, where I think their capacity is 3,000. So you're asking you're asking the crowds to turn up in higher numbers than you will let into a field. How does that work? Um, St Kilda's field, I think their crowd capacity is something similar. It might be four thousand there. I think um, when the demons play out at Cranbourne, you know it's something similar. So the the AFW not playing in bigger stadiums, we can fit a lot of people in. That the average becomes three and a half. It's yeah. It's you know it is a bit of a worry in that mm. regard. But um, but I think I did read somewhere that despite all of this, um, it is currently sitting at around about three and a half thousand. Yep. Well, so <clears throat> two more rounds. We Turn up <laughs> this weekend. Speaking of. This weekend, Giants meet Suns at Heritage Bank Stadium on Friday, the twenty seventh of October at seven forty five p.m. A Friday night game for the for the Giants. Pepper Randall's fiftieth game will be played. Yeah. Oh, go Pep! Good on you, Pepper Randall. Swans meet Collingwood at Sydney's home of women's footy, Henson Park at one p.m. On oh, I didn't write it down. I think it's Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. the twenty ninth. <laughs> Sunday the twenty ninth. And also, Ken. 
can I add, if you stay around, come out in the nice sunshine, stay around, the Com Cup is hitting Sydney this weekend and somehow they're running it straight after the AFLW game. So when the AFLW leave the field, the Com Cup players get to take over the field. Pick and around year, for some shenanigans. So the AFLW is a curtain raiser to the Com Cup is what I'm hearing. <laughs> the AFLW is a curtain raiser to the the Sydney Soundwaves versus the Canberra Bubbles. Now, I don't know where they got their names from, oh, um, but it is this year. This year they've changed it up in Sydney only. The other states have all still had media versus musicians, but for some reason they've decided that the great rivalry of Sydney's Com Cup where there's there is hatred between the media and the music. Maybe that's why Kiwi. We, maybe they've just decided that they've lost yes. the plot in terms of the so um of the so, game. so get along. It's the same entry ticket. Um, there'll be the beer festival on the hill. There'll be some antics going on. There's bound to be a nudie run because that's a tradition of uh, Com Cup. This has been the round eight show of the Code Hanger for AFLW Season 8, and uh, we will come to you every week until the end of the season, which is not very far away. Thank you, uh, Loz, and thanks, Coach Kiwi, for gracing us with your presence this week for at least half the show. And as always, for the best hub of using women's footy, tune in to the code.